0: stories move hearts and hearts move impact slingshot stories 10 to 15 minute episodes built around what we believe to be really practical key areas of impact that are going to help you grow in your understanding of what impact is and how you can accomplish it everybody's on planet earth for a reason find your sweet spot get off the bench and get in the game Welcome to Slingshot Stories, a series produced in collaboration with Journey to Impact and Slingshot Memphis. I'm Ed Gillentine, and I'll be co-hosting along with my partner in Impact, Jared Barnett, who is the CEO of Slingshot Memphis. And yet again, we have another fantastic topic. We're going to be talking really briefly about the value of urgency in philanthropic investing. And Jared, this is something that I get pumped about because there is so much need and I'm going to say existential important need with our friends and neighbors, no matter where where you are, Memphis, Addis Ababa, London, it doesn't matter. It's urgent, and we need to start moving the needle. So when you think about this idea of urgency, because there's a tension, right? You you want to get after it, but you don't want to be stupid, right? How do you balance that?
1: You know, this is where continuing to think about, I think, Financial principles, business practices really aligns well in this regard um, and so in you know in finance i don 't go put my money in my you know pillowcase or under right. my bed I put it to work right yeah. I want it to create you know return and and i don't wait until i 'm fifty to start investing right I, I invest as soon as I am able to because of the compounding benefit of getting that money out there and putting it to work. but when it comes to philanthropy there's a lot of structure that actually is counter to that. And so um, if you were to go around right now across the nation and add up the amount of money that's sitting in philanthropic foundations, donor-advised funds, trust funds, other things, it is mind-boggling, right? It is it And is just to ridiculous. throw a number
0: out there, I know uh, just recently I checked, it's north of a trillion dollars in donor-advised funds. Nobody really knows in foundations because they they can be a little bit less Less uh, transparent, but north of four trillion dollars, right? And you know this does get me sort of fired up. The whole uh, in perpetuity idea. So, full disclosure: donor advised funds flow a lot more through. It's it's just a lot higher number than the five percent that the the typical uh, foundation flows through. And I want to say something like sixty percent that's flowing through every year. And that's just kind of that's just kind of how they've worked. But this idea of spending four or five percent, right, of your corpus every year so you can go on in perpetuity means, I can't even do the math on $4 trillion, but to use a little bit of French, that's a crap ton of money that's sitting over there doing not much more than making a little bit of money. And I would argue, Jared, in many cases, it's invested in organizations and companies that are doing things that are antithetically opposed to the foundation's purpose. Okay, I'm off my high horse. Back to you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's it. Just think about the analogy. Let's just say we could take a couple hundred million dollars, right, and invest it in one neighborhood in in Memphis, right. right. Um, even if we didn't get it perfectly right, which you won't, that right? magnitude of money is going to move the needle is in totally. a way that you just can't get to with a bunch of thousand dollar investments, ten thousand right. dollar investments. It's just it's game changer, right? It's the yep. same if I was doing a company, right? If I'm starting a company, right, and, and I'm having to struggle to get ten thousand dollars every month just to pay my payroll and things versus I got, you know, ten million dollars to really build the company the way that I want to. Right. Right. I'm gonna take the 10 million any day, right? And go deploy that and put it to work and do all sorts of great things. Yep. Well when philanthropy, right, we want to be able to do the same thing. If we want to help people out of poverty Right? We need to deploy these resources in a way that is urgent and compounds on each other, that builds on each other. And so it's it's this idea of, of making sure that we think about our philanthropy and work through some of these structural items that actually are antithetical to being urgent uh, so that we can ensure that money gets to where it's having, again, an impact and creating outcomes, which at the end of the day is w- what this is all about when it comes to poverty fighting.
0: I agree 100%. I think of it on a, an, on a spectrum. If you think of You've got trillions of dollars sort of sitting, waiting to be deployed. And then on the other hand, I mean, we run across uh, uh, impact investors that, frankly, kind of throw money away. And and there's a variety of reasons. Some people, I don't see a lot of these, but some of them, is their own arrogance. I mean, there's a bunch of different reasons. I think of it also uh, as a comparison between development and aid. And so you think about uh, Hurricane Katrina, right, in New Orleans, Look, when that hurricane hits, you just got to get people down there. You got to get water to them. I mean, that's aid. It's it's like going into the to, to, to the emergency room. You don't really ask how did we get here, <laughs> how come we didn't fix these levees and dams and water uh, systems for the past fifty years? No time for, for that a different time. Yeah, yep. get done with it. But you don't want to be doing aid five years later, right? And that's when you need to be shifting over to development. There's this constant tension, and so when you think about i well i'll go ahead and shameless, shamelessly plug uh, slingshot i think one of the fantastic things you do is that
1: you have these reports now up to 35 40 we have different about, organizations we're close we have worked with 41 organizations we have about 25 to 30 on the website right now and we'll put the rest up there as we finish their impact studies so what this that year.
0: allows me to do is if i have money and I don't have time to go dig into them. I can go to an organization like you guys, and they're out there. They're in New York City. They're they're, they're all over. And I can say, wow, that that organization I'm passionate about. They've done the research. I'm going to give my money, um, and you're going to be able to to deploy that much quicker. Part of that's because y'all have y'all have helped with that balance of okay, we're not quite ready because you started with three right? Four was year one. And so that's not a whole lot, right? Then add some more and add some more. So it's been, that's why you're celebrating your five-year anniversary, right? Yep. Um, But now that there's 50, we're starting to get into needle moving things. So I, as a philanthropist or an impact investor, can very quickly deploy money
1: while at the same
0: time I can learn a lot more. So there's this really cool balance.
1: Yeah. And I think that's been one of the biggest challenges, right? Like none of us wants to deploy resources and have no clue if it's actually making a difference or not. And so right. we acknowledge that that's been a, a hindrance right, to this idea of being urgent in philanthropy because you don't want to spend $10 million and invest that if you don't know if it's going to make a difference. And so Slingshot's existence is to try and help provide resources and insights so that that doesn't have to be the case going forward. And like you mentioned, Ed, so we have a, you know, even just the methodology of thinking about outcomes right if you take that approach and understand that the outcomes that a nonprofit's making and the lives of the participants that can be a great driver in understanding if they're effective or not and therefore giving you confidence that you can make a larger investment in a particular nonprofit our impact studies provide insights across individual organizations so you can you know our hope is that if you're interested in the, any of the organizations that we work with use our reports if you're interested in an organization that we don't work with Use our reports for a similar organization to think about how your organization that you like might be performing. Uh, And then the last thing is we have an impact fund, right? We call it our Accelerate Impact Fund, and it's basically a a way to invest in like a mutual fund of diversified portfolio, right? So it's our diversified portfolio. And the nice thing is we invest disproportionately there, so it's not just spreading it like peanut butter across those organizations, but we use the knowledge we get from the impact studies and invest disproportionately more in the organizations that are most effective. And what that does is that amplifies and multiplies the benefit of your investment, so you, you can produce a greater return, right? And so by supporting what works with more resources, we get more benefits, and we get a greater leverage on those benefits. So instead of having a one-to-one ratio of $1 of investment for $1 benefits, we can start to get a 1.5, 2.0, 5.0 return on investment for those resources, and therefore make what might be small for a particular individual still have meaningful benefits that it's creating. Yeah, and I
0: love that because that's, you know, again, we got the business background, right? The companies that are doing well is where you're going to put your resources. Um, As we kind of wrap up this session, and you can tell folks, we're both pretty passionate about the urgency issue. And here's the reason, I remember standing in Addis Ababa several years ago and looking at literally across the city, literally hundreds of thousands of street kids. And knowing that every day that delayed, literally, uh, more children were dying. And um, it really broke me. But we can bring it back to Memphis, right? Every day we delay deploying funds effectively puts one more kid Uh, a day behind getting out of poverty. And those are big days. Those are really important. It puts them one more year behind in school. It puts that mom one more year behind or one more day behind getting on that path to sustainable poverty. And so I want to challenge people. That's why you hear us say, get off the bench, right? You're here on this planet for a reason. And you have to figure it out, not so you can be feel warm and fuzzy and pat yourself on the back, but so that you can be helping people. And I want to challenge you: don't be don't be stupid with your resources, but don't be paralyzed either. You got to know you're going to make mistakes. Businesses make mistakes. Investors make mistakes. Uh, nonprofits make mistakes. Impact uh, investing organizations make mistakes. But don't be paralyzed. Give yourself flexibility, but more than anything, get off the bench, get into the game, because it's too urgent to be sitting around. Thank you for listening. We love your feedback, so please let us know what you thought about this episode as well as what you'd like to hear more of in the future. For more information, impact resources, or to purchase a copy of the book, Journey to Impact, visit edgillentine.com. That's E-D-G-I-L-L-E-N-T-I-N-E dot the book is also available through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Target.com. For Ed Gillentine's speaking inquiries or advertising opportunities, send us an email at impact at gmail.com. This has been a presentation of the Journey to Impact podcast team. Executive producer, Ed Gillentine.
1: Associate producer, Narrative Taylor. Produced and edited by Joey Woodruff. Special thanks to Stephen Chandler.